Hello, beautiful. Welcome to another episode of Gala Loves Everything. And this episode is all about some essential love lessons. And this this episode was inspired by watching the admittedly toxic, terrible dating slash reality show, The Ultimatum, which just came out on Netflix recently. And I was watching it and making Instagram story updates about what I was seeing. And I realized that some of the things I was saying were actually really important for people to hear. And I decided to make a bit of a compilation of what I'd been saying. Also, because I have the opportunity to go into more detail when I tell you about it in a podcast. So let's talk about some essential love lessons from trashy reality dating shows. So here is number one. You cannot give up who you are to make your partner happy. There is a scene in the very first episode where the man is sitting across from a woman and he's like, I've given up everything I'm passionate about to make you happy. And this is never going to work. This is just you being a people pleaser. This is you trying to keep the peace at any cost. And the cost of doing that is that you lose your authentic self. You completely kill off that part of you that has that spark, that aliveness, that magic, and it never, ever works. The only place that that ever goes is Resentsville. And if that's not a real place, I'm inventing it now. And I think we've all been in situations where we have, you know, started dating someone and decided to not even consciously decided, but, you know, at a subconscious level decided that we need to morph to be more perfect for them, to be more of what we think they're looking for. We take their criticism very personally and we decide, oh, you know, they must be right. Like maybe there are things about me that I need to change and shift And yes, of course, we are always changing and shifting within relationships and and we should always be adapting to become the best version of ourselves. But what I will tell you is that killing off that part of you that loves baking or dancing or whatever, dressing in crazy colors, whatever that thing is within you that is a true, authentic expression of yourself and your essence, you must hold on to that at any cost. And I think what I'm starting to learn at my ripe old age of 38 years old is that there is nothing more important than really being yourself and feeling free to express that within a relationship with really no holds barred. And this is not, you know, making excuse for poor communication or abuse or anything like that. This is really just about There is no way that you are going to be happy in a relationship where you have to put a muzzle on your authentic self. And that's where we're starting today. So we're we're really going to get into it today. (laughs) We're really going to get into it. But some of these are deep and some of these are just simple, duh kind of moments. But I had a lot of people um, respond to my last episode, which was about how you have the power to create the relationship of your dreams. And People were saying, I really felt like I needed to hear this. I felt like this episode was for me. And so this episode two, I hope will really touch you somewhere meaningful and inspire you to make the right choices for you. And I can't tell you what those right choices are, but you will know them in your heart. And often the right choice is a scary one. You know, the right choice is an uncomfortable one, but I hope that we can give you a little bit of courage today 
to know that there's something better out there for you and that if your relationship really isn't working, you just don't have to stay there. You just don't. So my second essential love lesson is that if you can't agree on whether you should have children or not, don't get married. This is such a huge duh moment for me. And yet it seems that people get really lost in the weeds on this all the time. They think that they will be able to convince their partner this way or the next. Um, they think that, you know, oh, you know, I don't want them, but he does. And eventually he'll wear me down. But I just want to remind you that making a child, bringing a child into the world is about the most permanent decision you can make. And it's a lifelong commitment. It doesn't just last 18 years. It is until you die. And you have to really want children in order to have children and enjoy your life. Like, here's a spoiler. Even people that have children and wanted them sometimes wish they didn't have them because it's really challenging. And if you are someone who wants to live in integrity, I think a big part of that is then you should be dedicated to raising your children with the utmost care and attention and intelligence. And if you don't really want your child, how do you think you're going to raise that child? And how do you think that child is going to feel about themselves? And you're not just creating a person who doesn't like themselves, you're also creating a person who is going to go on and perpetuate pain on other people because of what they felt growing up. So in sum, for fuck's sake, if you don't want children, please don't have them. And if you really do want children and your partner doesn't, get out of there. Like the choice to have children or not is one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make. And it's very important. And if you want them, you should have the right to have them. And if you don't want them, then you shouldn't feel like you're being strong-armed into having them. I really believe this. Please, if you're in a relationship where the two of you are at odds about having children, just get the fuck out of there. You're wasting each other's time. And um, that brings me to my third lesson, which here's what my bullet point says. It just says, don't get married in your 20s. And I know there's going to be people listening to this who are like, but I'm 27 and I know exactly what I'm doing with my life and I've met him and he's the one. And I understand that. And it's beautiful. And I love that for you. And I'm just letting you know that by the time you reach 35 years old, you will be a completely different person. And you know, watching the ultimatum is fascinating because all these people are like 23. They're like, we've been dating two years. Like I want a ring on my finger. I want babies in the back of my minivan. And it's like, you realize that those things aren't going to make you happy, right? Like you're still going to be you. You're just going to have a husband now. You're still going to be you. You're just going to have a, a child attached to your breast. Like marriage and children does not change who you are. I mean, maybe like incrementally over time, it helps you grow into the person that you want to be, but it doesn't dramatically change your mindset, how you feel on a daily basis, whatever. And honestly, I would say that if you're struggling with feeling good on a daily basis, then adding a partner and children into the mix is probably not the idea. And look, I, look, 
I got married when I was 27 and I got married because I was in love and we, I felt like, oh, I guess this is just what you do when you're in love and you're this age. That's not a good reason to get married. And it ended and, you know, I, I just feel like your 20s are such a time of self-exploration and expansion and I really encourage you to like fuck your way through the Zodiac, you know, like this, it's just not that serious. You don't need to get married. And I think that, you know, look, it just brings me to my next point, which is that you need to have a, a really good reason for being married and feeling like you're supposed to is just not a good enough reason. It's not a good enough reason. That's not a reason. You should pay your taxes. You shouldn't get married because you feel like you need to, you know? And there's a lot of women who want to get married because it makes them feel chosen. And it's almost like they don't even care who they marry. They just want to feel chosen. And I've been, you know, as I've been posting about this on Instagram, I've been having a lot of conversations in the DMs with women about this. And they're like, you know, why is it that we feel this need to be chosen? Like I can feel this inside of me and I don't know where it came from. You know what? We're really programmed that the most important thing we can do is be a wife. We really are. The message comes through so loud and clear. And like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a wife, but you have to ask yourself, like, why is it that you want it? And if you can't really answer that question, then perhaps getting married right now is not the right thing for you. The other thing, I was speaking to someone on Instagram who's like a femininity coach, and she was saying that a lot of this need to be chosen, this call to be chosen, is because the little girl in you didn't feel like she was enough as a child, she didn't feel worthy. She didn't feel lovable. She didn't feel good enough. And when that happens, you tend to see your partner as that parent who didn't choose you. And then once you are chosen by them, you finally feel worthy. Like mommy or daddy finally sees me and wants me. And that's why this need to be chosen can feel so huge. And we have to be really mindful that we are not just making our partner into our parent and that we, we really have a great reason for wanting to get married. You know, I have a coach um, who I think is brilliant and she met someone and they got engaged and they're going to get married. And I said to her, I'm so curious, like, why, you know, why do you want to get married? And she was like, because I feel like I'd die if I didn't marry him. I just am so compelled and drawn by love that I, it, it like lights up my entire body, you know? And is that a logical reason? No, but it's an embodied reason. And it's a better reason than like, well, I feel like if I get married, I'm going to feel secure or certain. Or if I have a ring on my finger, people will know that I'm lovable or I want to feel like a princess for a day and have a really big party. Like a marriage is about what happens in your relationship every single day. How do you guys wake up together? How do you talk to each other in the morning? How do you support each other throughout the day? 
you know, what are your plans and goals and visions together? And do you have the same plans and goals and visions? And are you working towards that? This is not about having a great party or buying the perfect dress or posting about it on Instagram to make someone feel jealous. And we can often be led by these things that are not really in full alignment with our highest self. So just wanted to say that, you know, and I think one of the things that we can do to kind of balance out this, this feeling that we have, like, oh, I need to be chosen, I need to be chosen, I need to be chosen, is that we need to make the deliberate decision to choose ourselves first. And what that really means is asking yourself, who do I want to be today? What do I want to do with my life and my time? And is me wanting to do that? Like, does that line up with me being with this person or me marrying this person? Like, do those make sense? Because when we make marriage the most important thing, we tend to compromise our ideals and our, and our identity because we have decided that the ring is everything. The ring is paramount. And, you know, marriage and relationships are wonderful. They're beautiful. Being in love is an incredible feeling. And you still have to choose yourself every day. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Don't marry for money. <laughs> There's a woman on this show who says, you know, for me, marriage is a financial decision first, and then it's an emotional decision. And if my partner wasn't making the money he was making now, I would walk away. And... There's so much to unpack here. And it's tricky, right? Because also as women, we've been taught that you have to look for a provider. You need someone who's going to take care of you. This is very important, et cetera, et cetera. I want to remind you that you have the ability to take care of yourself. And when you can take care of yourself financially, that is so sexy because then when you're with a partner, it's not that you need him. And like, if he dies, you're going to be on the street. And there's this like desperate attachment thing. Isn't it so much better to be with someone because you want them, you desire them, you lust for them, you love them. That's a completely different feeling. And when we get hung up on how much money someone makes, something that, you know, you'll come to realize over time is that People's financial situations change constantly. And there may be times where your wealthy partner is not making that much money right now because business is slow or something has changed or they leave a, a job or they sell their business or whatever. And the amount of money that someone is making will be going up and down all the time. It's a constant roller coaster. And if you're choosing someone based on how much money they make, you know, I've, I've been in situations where men have left their job, their title and completely crumbled, like disintegrated in front of me because they didn't know who they were without that title and without that job security. And so what I've decided for me personally is much more important than money or a salary is do they have passion? Do they feel that they have a purpose? Is there a mission that they are here to fulfill? 
Because what I've discovered is that someone with money may not have money tomorrow. They may not. And if they don't have passion and enthusiasm, then there is no guarantee that they will ever make money again. And to me, somebody who has passion and enthusiasm will always find a way to make it work. They will always come through. And that's what I would encourage you to seek out is someone who is passionate, someone who has ideas and big vision and crucially follows through on those things and makes shit happen. Not just someone who has like a good job, quote unquote, because they could be fired tomorrow. And then where are you? And, you know, obviously it's important that your partner can look after themselves and, you know, they're not sleeping on a mattress on the floor and all of those things. Like we're so beyond mothering our partners at this point, you know, we just don't want to do that. But, you know, it's just don't marry for money. (laughs) Don't marry for money. And then something that my boyfriend once told me, because we talk a lot about relationships and what we see happening and what we see our friends doing and things like that. And he said to me, you know, if you marry a man for money, he will always just see you as an expendable asset or a liability. And I guarantee he'll cheat on you because to him, you're just another thing and he doesn't really care. And, you know, I think women, some women think that, oh, I'm going to marry him for his money, but he doesn't know that. Yeah, he does. He does. Men are simple, but they're not stupid. They know. And I, I really feel that one of the fastest tracks to being disrespected in a relationship is when you choose to date someone because you value what they have over who they are. And call me an idealist. I don't know. I think that you should marry or be with someone because you truly love them. You appreciate them. You think they're sexy and smart and cool and funny and you have a great time. Not because of their inheritance or their title or how flashy their life may seem. Like that stuff can be fun in the moment for sure, but it is not a reason to be with someone and if you make the mistake of marrying or being with someone because of those reasons, you're going to pay the price. You will. So there you go. All right. Next love lesson. The death of your relationship will be you being stuck in your head, unable to express what you're feeling. Now, this was like so massively on display in this show where, you know, a man is sitting with a woman and he loves her and she loves him. And he's like, I need you to tell me like why you love me. And she's like, oh, I just see you as my husband. And he's like, I don't like he's mystified. You know, he doesn't even know why she's there with him. And I'm sure that she does love him and she feels that, but she doesn't have the ability to get out of her head and into her body and feel what she's feeling and then express that to him. And, you know, there are other love languages for sure, right? Words of affirmation is not the only one, but one of the major problems I see in relationships, and honestly, this has been something that I struggle with too, is people who are afraid to use their voice and say how they really feel because they're afraid of rejection Or they're afraid of being too much. Like, oh man, if I tell him how I really feel about him, he might run screaming. 
you know what? Let him run screaming. Don't you want to be with someone who allows you to fully express everything that you're feeling and loves that about you? And when I say fully express everything that you're feeling, I don't mean that you emotionally dump on them. I don't mean that you, you know, have feelings and then just go hog wild and spew them all over everyone. Emotional regulation is still important, but it's so valuable to be able to really say to someone how you're truly feeling about them. It makes them feel so good. It makes them feel important. And if you can't do that, you're just going to have so many problems in your relationship. This, this thing about getting out of the head and into the body is really why I started writing the Venus codes, because this is one of my biggest issues was being in my head and not in my body. And I've learned so much about that. It'd probably be another episode, but Um, it makes such a huge difference when you can actually feel your feelings. You don't just think your feelings. And I know some of you know what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, And that also gets me to my next point, which is that if you're in your head about everything, which by the way is a protection mechanism, right? You've decided being in your body is unsafe. So you've gone to your head. You just live from the neck up. If you're in your head, you will never truly know what you want from life. Like you might know, oh, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get a husband. I want to have a baby. I'm going to buy this Maserati, whatever. You might know it at a mental level, but you won't know it at an emotional level. And you will be so confused. People will be like, what are your needs in a relationship? You will have no idea. And so this work of like dropping into your body, feeling your feelings, using your intuition, softening, letting your heart be open and vulnerable This is where the rubber really meets the road, because if you are not able to do that, you won't know what you want and you will feel so unfulfilled in yourself because you're just doing what logic has dictated you do next. And that is not the secret to a beautiful life. Yeah. All right. Next one. I saw an argument in this show where, uh, uh, how do I sum this up? A guy is telling a girl that he just started dating that his ex is starting to get intimate with someone else and he's very upset about it. He's not really expressing his emotions. He's really just stating the facts, but you can tell that he's upset. And the woman he's telling this to is making a lot of facial expressions, but she won't say anything to him. She's just like internalizing it all and freaking out. And he gets really upset and he's like, you know, don't make these faces. Like, why are you just making these faces? And they're having this argument and they start going back and forth about tone and don't talk to me like that and don't be disrespectful and don't walk away and blah, blah, blah. And they really get lost in the weeds. And this happens all the time in relationships where we get lost in the details and the bullshit minutia of this argument that doesn't actually matter because we're avoiding the real issue. And we can avoid all of that when we have the courage to vulnerably say how we're feeling. So in that moment where she's rolling her eyes and making faces, he could have said, hey, I'm actually feeling really vulnerable about this because I'm so afraid that she's going to want to be with this guy forever. And I'd love it if you could just like be here with me and just, you know, feel some empathy or some compassion and just just help me through this because it's really hard for me. But because he couldn't say that, they get into this fucking melodrama about don't talk to me like that, you know, all that stuff. 
And to his credit, he does actually come back later and say, hey, I'm, I was just, I'm sorry for reacting that way. I was feeling really vulnerable in the moment. But they could have avoided all that bullshit if he just said that at the beginning. And like, that's not easy to do, right? Especially when we've never seen that modeled. We see people bicker about bullshit as we're growing up and we think that that's the way to do things. But if you really look at it, did it ever resolve any problems? No, it just makes the environment tense and hostile, doesn't solve any problems. And then that same problem ends up cropping up again. So the formula really is to say, hey, I'm feeling X because of Y and I'd really love it if Z. I know that seems so simple and it is, but it doesn't mean it's easy to do. So anyway, write that formula down if you want to. You could put it, you know, above your bed or something and just start to sink it into your your cells so you've got it. Hey, I'm feeling X because of Y and I'd love it if Z. So simple. Which again takes me to my next one, which is that men communicate literally. Women don't. If you're talking to a woman and you're listening to her, I know that you are processing the subtext, you're reading between the lines, you're connecting the dots, you're, you know, it's a whole, it's like mental gymnastics. Men generally say exactly what they're thinking and feeling. So this same guy that I just mentioned is sitting with his girlfriend and he's like, I really want to know what you're thinking and feeling. And she looks at him and she's like, I don't think you want to know all that. And the look on his face is just, he's so defeated. He's like thinking, I've told you exactly what I want. And you're still telling me that I don't want that, but I do. So if men say, I want to know what you're thinking and feeling, that's what they mean. I want to know what you're thinking and feeling. Fucking tell me. And it means I can handle it. Like I want to hear it. And they'll tell you if it's too much, you'll find out quickly. But if someone says that to you, like, I want to know how you're feeling, do them the grace of giving them what they say they want. Take it as they say it and just do it and see what happens. And he might be like, whoa, okay, it's too much. All right, whatever. Who cares? Just got to be in the moment, but don't second guess what men are telling you. They mean it. If a man says to you, uh, I don't think I'm really ready to be in a relationship. Do you know what that means? It means I'm not ready to be in a relationship. And you may feel like, ah, oh, but he'll change his mind. I'll blow his mind and he'll be in with a grin. No, he probably won't be. He might love you, but he still feels like he's not ready. So he's not going to commit to you and it's going to create lots of pain and lots of problems. So please, it's like one of my best pieces of advice. Really, when they say, I'm not ready for this or I want you to do X, just fucking do it. <laughs> just do it. Unless what they say they want is something that you don't feel comfortable with or whatever. Actually, not even that. Because sometimes people will say, I really want you to tell me how you're feeling and you don't feel comfortable with it. But the reason you don't feel comfortable is because you have a bad habit. You have an old trauma response. And quite frankly, it's an old habit or trauma response that you need to break. It needs to change if you want to have a healthy adult relationship. And so sometimes when people say, I want this and you feel uncomfortable, you really have to take a hard look at yourself and be like, is what they're asking for unreasonable or am I just being stubborn and scared? I know that's hard to hear sometimes, but it's true. This also brings me to my next point, which is about kind of that, you know, breaking an old habit thing. So 
there's a scene in this show where this woman is talking to her partner about marriage and he says something that she doesn't like and she's sitting at the dinner table with him and she literally crumbles in front of him. You can see her whole body language shift. She closes down on herself. She puts her head down. She makes her whole torso smaller. And she literally looks like a little girl at the dinner table who just got scolded. Like you can see that she is devastated by what he said. And she's gone into like a freeze state, right? So we have fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And she's gone into freeze and when I watched her do this, I was like, oh shit. Like I have seen that in myself. I've seen myself do this where I get freaked out by something and I just freeze and literally my brain gets stuck on a loop and I'm frozen. I don't know what to do. I I am completely frozen. So what I've learned about being in fight, flight, freeze or fawn is that we have to do the opposite of what we want to do. So what you want to do is close down or run or scream and yell or try to please the other person, right? Those are the the responses. And we have to do the opposite of what we want to do because those impulses to do those things are childhood trauma responses. And to be honest, probably in childhood, responding in that way kept you safe. It kept you out of harm's way. But now as an adult person, you need some different coping mechanisms and those things that used to work are no longer working. And so we actually have to go against our instincts here and we have to be uncomfortable and we have to do the thing that we don't want to do. So for example, for me, when I'm in a freeze mode, what I now do is I notice it, right? I have awareness. I'm like, fuck, I'm doing that thing again. I'm freezing. And then I literally count to five and I make myself do something different. I make myself do something physical. I make myself say something that's vulnerable, I, whatever it is, but I do something. So I count to five and I take an action that's the opposite of what my everything is telling me to do. And it makes such a huge difference. And it is one of the only ways to really break those patterns is you have to break them in the moment. And it's, it's not easy, dude. It's not. But it's how you start to change the problems in your relationship. You know, like if your instinct when you're having an argument with someone or something happens that you don't like is you just grab your fucking bag and you walk out the door. I want to encourage you to like feel that intense urge to flee the scene and count to five and like do something different. Go over and hug your partner or sit down next to them and hold their hand and say, I'm so sorry. And I want to like leave this room so badly, but I know I have to stay here and talk it out with you. That will change your relationship. Seriously, it will. We have these patterns and like, they're just not working for us anymore. They worked when we were children and you have to be grateful to that part of ourselves that knew how to keep us safe back then, but it doesn't keep us safe now. It just creates issues. So we just... And this also brings me to the next one, which is often in a relationship, there's the two people, one of them needs to talk everything out immediately because there's too much anxiety if they don't get it solved instantly. And the other person gets emotionally flooded. They get overwhelmed and they just don't want to talk at all. So they shut down or they walk away. They give the silent treatment, whatever. 
And if that's what's happening and if you're the person that likes to go away and you're like, I can't deal with this, what you really have to do is give your partner a time frame. So you can look at them and say, babe, I know that you really want to talk this out right now, but I feel so overloaded, but I promise that I will come back to you in 30 minutes, two hours, you know, tonight, 6 PM, and we'll talk this out. And the reason that we do this is so that we can help alleviate some of our partner's anxiety. Because no matter how angry you are with your partner, no matter how upset you are, you shouldn't want to traumatize them or stick the knife in or make them feel worse than they already do. You should still have compassion for where they're at. So tell them when you're going to come back to them. They may not love it, but at least then they know and they have some sense of security that you are going to come back and you are going to talk to them and they feel valued. You know, when we shut down and we walk away, our partner thinks they don't love me. I'm not important. They don't care. And when you tell them you're going to come back at a later time, then they feel differently. And then finally, which also relates to this one, I was watching two people argue and the man actually is like in tears at a table in a restaurant. And the woman says to him, oh, it's not worth getting worked up over. Fucking hell, Jesus, like, wow. Wow. And, you know, if you have lost the ability to show your partner compassion when they are clearly upset, then your relationship is in serious trouble. No matter what their response is, whether they're pissed or they're crying or they're whatever their response is, you have to know that that is coming from an emotional place. They're not doing it to be a dick. They're probably not doing it to manipulate you. They're doing it because they feel something and they're in pain. And you should be curious about what that place is and what is happening inside them so that you can help resolve the issue and heal the relationship. It's not rocket science. If you really love your partner, you should care enough to be like, why are you feeling this way? You know, what happened? What can I do? I remember like a few weeks ago having an issue with something and talking, like calling my boyfriend about it. And I was in tears and I was very upset. And the reason that we were able to have a good conversation is because I had looked at myself first before I called him and started going crazy. I looked at myself and I recognized some patterns I had. And then I called him and spoke to him. And he was like, I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way. Like, what can I do to make you feel better? How can I reassure you? You know? And at one point we were like sitting on the phone and we were in silence and I could hear like the wind whistling in the background of the call. And I was like, I can hear the wind whistling. Like, where are you? And he was like, well, I was driving and I, I'm about to get to a spot where I'm going to lose reception. And I, I've stopped the car because I really want to talk this through with you. Like, I don't want to end the conversation. I, I want to stay on the phone until you feel better. That is real maturity. And like in that moment, seems like such a small thing, right? But like the fact that he, oh my God, I'm going to get emotional. The fact that he pulled his car over to talk to me because he knew that what I was going through was painful and he didn't want to cause me more pain was so meaningful to me. And it's those things that really help us see that our partner truly loves us and has our best interests at heart. And so it's those little things like, can you be curious? Can you be reassuring? Even when maybe your partner has done something that you don't like or you don't love or you're confused by, can you just be curious? 
Can you extend that grace to them and think like, get yourself out of this like alert zone and be like, this person loves me and they're having an emotional reaction and how can I help them feel better? And I want to make them feel better because I love them, you know? So there you go. Those are my 12 essential love lessons learned from trashy dating shows. I hope that it was valuable for you. I hope that it was fun to listen to. I hope you enjoyed me getting emotional at the end. What a, what a thrill. And, um, if you enjoyed this, please feel free to write a review on Apple podcasts. I love reading them. They make my day. I literally check them every morning. I'm like, Oh, did anyone leave me a review? Um, and also tell me how you feel about the sound quality on this one. I usually record my podcast. Literally just, I open the voice memos app on my iPhone and just record shit and then just upload it. So simple. But right now I'm sitting here with a full mixer, a full mic, a full rig, and it's a pain in the ass to set it up. But if it sounds significantly better then I will keep doing it for you, but let me know whether you like it. As always, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Gala Darling. Um, and I'd love to see you over there. We have a real good time on Instagram. It's still my favorite creative platform. Like what a great little spot. And, uh, I'll see you in the next episode. Much love. Mm -hmm.